You're listening to Sex in Iceland with me, your host, Sikaduk, an Icelandic sexologist. So I just finished um, a stand-up gig here in Iceland. I talked about vulvas, enlarged clitorises. I talked about discharge, periods, um, friendship, penises, foreskin, size issues, um, menstrual cups, and the travesty that it can be of being a woman. Uh, maybe not travesty is maybe not a good word. But so, yeah, I've been quite busy here in Iceland. Um, Gothenburg was interesting, to say the least. Uh, so the Knox conference, it was, it was good. I delivered my little presentation on the importance of the use of humor in sex education. And that went over, I think, quite well was well received and actually I've been asked by Sexpo to Sexpo is the um, big sexology organization in Finland to give a seminar about how like a seminar for sexologists and sex educators on how to use humor in their work with their clients so that's gonna happen in November and I'm very excited about that and I'm also going to be delivering um, a lecture or presentation on sex in the media or how you can use the media for like educational purposes or how you deliver sex education through the media and with the use of media. So that should be very interesting, I'm hoping. And um, I'm only a few days away from going to Mexico. Oh yeah. Cannot wait to go to Mexico. I'm probably saying that incorrectly. So Mexico, yep. I'm going there in just under a week's time. It's going to be amazing. Like, I don't know what to expect, but I am so excited and I feel like I'm being called back home to my mother country. I, I think something magical will happen when I'm there. I'm very excited to meet all kinds of sexologists that I've been um, following on Instagram and I've been seeing their work and what they're posting and stuff like that. So I think that's going to be super fun. Um, but I'll be delivering a presentation or I'm a part of like a symposium on SAR, so sexual attitude reassessment with my fellow Nordic countries or fellow representatives from my fellow Nordic countries. And I did a SAR seminar in um, the latest Nax, which was, you know, I'm not gonna go into it because it was a closed seminar and some shit did go down. And if you were at Nax, you know what I'm talking about. I'm, it might, may have gotten heated and not in the way that you were thinking, not in the like, ooh, ooh, heated, ooh, sexy. No, it's not in that kind of way. I'm talking about maybe, you know, I, I got my heartbeat a little bit racing and maybe, I got very agitated and maybe I said fuck and maybe I said um, let's hold each other accountable and maybe I was very upset by, by some things that were said. 
but not going to go into it into detail because there were there were also very interesting things that were said and just kind of reminded me so we had a presentation um, from Denmark on SAR in Denmark and how they run it there and um, how they go to Amsterdam and visit like brothels and the red light districts and they're talking to sex workers and different kinds of sex work they're going to sex clubs and that is a part of their SAR and I thought that was very very interesting because I'm not sure um, I don't even want to really think about what would be said if that were if we would run that kind of SAR here here or from Iceland you know and there was this this super interesting lecture from Fiona Atwood that's F-E-O-N-A Atwood from the UK about um, porn studies and how their rhetoric is very similar to how we talked about masturbation like a century ago and how it's all bundled up in this this latest health craze about stuff affecting your health and how everything has to be related to brain science and like neuroscience is very complicated it's a very complicated matter but now you have all these people talking like oh when you watch porn you know dopamine rushes through your body well dopamine rushes through your body on a numerous of occasions such as eating chocolate that can rush through your body uh, laughing um, petting a dog mm, maybe giving somebody a hug you know so we have have all these i don't know interesting things that she was pointing them out like pointing out the similarities and how people are using different kinds of well i i guess you could say you know weapons that have been used for centuries and eons in the um, quote unquote fight against sex or fight against the bad sex and like one one guy put it actually quite neatly Um, well, you, because uh, I asked, what is porn? And he goes, well, you have gay guys fucking, you have lesbians fucking, and then you have a man and woman making love. And I was like, what the hell? So it's so interesting when you take a look into people's minds and you have all these studies, you know, you have all these studies saying, so we studied porn consumption. Consumption of what? Would you ever do a food study and say, so we, dis- we did a study on people's eating habits. Okay, what were they eating? Food. Like, like who would pass a study such as that? Who, you know, and people are like, I know porn when I see it. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. So it's kind of a hysteria. There's a hysterical momentum surrounding porn and the discussion about porn and what porn is and what it isn't and its effect. And people love to um, misinterpret correlation for um, causation. That's a big, 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 big issue. And it's it's very weird, this moral dilemma, which is now all of a sudden a health dilemma, which we see with like everything. So I was um, attending, like, uh, what are you going to call What can I call it? So the government of Iceland, um, various ministries, they have this uh, working group of professionals and grassroots who are trying to come up, up with some sort of strategy to combat sexual violence. And I'm a part of that group, along with, I don't know, 30 or 40 other professionals and grassroots organizations. And we met and we were discussing these various things. And one person said, you know, 
I would like us to condemn porn and I would like young boys and young people to realize how um, detrimental it can be to their health and their psychological well-being and their attitudes towards sex. And a lot of comments were passed and people, I think, kind of agreed. They were all like, yeah, 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 that's, that's right. And I was on my way to the bathroom and I thought, I was like, okay, I need to say something because you know and 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 it's it, it gets very tiring and me and Fiona we talked about this at Gothenburg it gets very tiring being the one person that quote unquote sticks up and I don't want to say I don't stick up for porn that's not what I'm doing I'm not like here I am see me hear me I am the porn lady I hate when people are like so you're pro porn I don't think you can be pro or anti porn you know because Porn is this thing. It's it's more than a pro or anti-matter. So anti-matter, get it? Well, anyway, so I was like, I have to say something because the rhetoric surrounding porn is actually very detrimental to young people's image of themselves and their sexuality. And it's, it's not helping at all when we say, you know, it's bad, it's going to corrupt your mind, you're going to think about sex in, in such a bad way or you're going to behave in such a bad way. And I have kids coming to me all the time with so much guilt. They're like guilt-ridden because they've watched porn or they watch porn and they're like, oh my God, I'm such a bad person. What's wrong with me? And there's all this shame. And like I said at the beginning, it's the same rhetoric that surrounded masturbation like a century ago. So, and I agree, we have to talk about porn, we have to talk about what it is and what it isn't, you know, but we have to be able to talk about it. But then, of course, we're talking about sexual behavior as well. So that's where it gets muddy and complicated for people. But okay, I totally lost my train of thought. So I was at this, um, yeah, this, this ministry thing. And um, this person said this about porn. And I was on my way to the bathroom. And I was like, okay, well, I really got to pee, but I really got to object to this or at least, you know, offer some sort of pushback and with, whilst being respectful because it's not like I'm not going to be disrespectful to the person if you know he or she holds those views I just want them understood from a scientific background and to be a bit humane to people and their experiences so anyways so I'm after you know a lot of people had said their comments and we were we were doing like what do how do we want to see Iceland in 2030 so in 10 years time um, what would our model perfect society look like and that's where you know that porn comment uh, rose up so um, I was like okay so I just want to make a quick comment regarding the porn issue um, if this is our view and stance on porn and I'm not going to say if it's wrong or right I'm just saying if this is our view what are we going to tell people? Are we going to ban porn because um, people are really shameful now about viewing porn? Um, are we going to support ethical porn? Are we going to have some sort of state-funded porn? Like, what do you guys want to do? Do we want to have, like, a stamp that's like, this is governmental-approved porn and, um, and it shows all sorts of bodies, all sh- sorts of, um, of, of people doing all sorts of sexual acts but we can be confident that they are all um, adults and they all want to do this so do we feel like and I I did like an analogy I'm like okay so say that porn is white sugar are we gonna do stevia porn you know 
are we gonna do cane sugar porn? Like, what are we going to do? We can't. We, we can't just ban porn. We can't just say porn is bad. Porn, porn is going to ruin you. Um, if we're not gonna say, but because this is better, you know, it's like you have frosted flakes and then you have corn flakes, and you're gonna be like, okay, frosted flakes are delicious, but they may be bad for your teeth, you know. Although, obviously, that is, you know, we know that. A, because we have science to back us up that sugar is actually not good for our teeth. But then you have regular cornflakes and you could be like, okay, so this is a healthier um, alternative because of so-and-so. So that might be like, okay, we don't want, want you watching um, like a cream pie or people coming in somebody's face because we think that's going to make you think that people want you to come in their face and you might not ask before you come in their face and actually semen um, aggravates the eye and it's uncomfortable and some people might find it demeaning and if you're not, you know, so we might be like, okay, so the stevia porn or the governmental, the government funded porn might be like, okay, so if you are interested in, um, in you know, cream pie or ejaculating over a person's face um, be sure to provide that person with goggles because this can be you know this this can you can um, transmit STIs this way if it goes into the eye without protection and it can also be super uncomfortable for the person's eye so if both are in agreement here are goggles you know that could be the stevia the government funded porn that could be that you know and I've used this a lot so this is one of the examples that I will use for my my lecture on or my workshop on how to use humor in sex ed because this usually cracks people up because they're like oh my god who would put up swim goggles before somebody comes on your face and I'm like why well why not it just might make it more interesting and and you manage to keep your eyes open and then you're like squirt me squirt me real bad or something I don't know you know whatever you fancy but that's the thing when people start talking about porn it's a real thin line between um talking about the actor's welfare versus condemning their behavior you know con condemning the sex that they're having so it's a really 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 thin line so that's interesting to me as well so yeah in Mexico I'm going to be talking about SAR in Iceland there's not a huge there's not a lot of SAR in Iceland there's some done in the University of Iceland uh, in one course in particular and um, and I've read a lot of critique regarding SAR, so I think I want to do like I think I want to really push the envelope, and I think I in Me uh, me in Mexico for me I'm going to present what my perfect SAR would look like based on the journals, which is a form of SAR that um, university students in the course that I teach in, in Reykjavik University, which is like basic sexology, uh, which is for undergraduates in the psychology department. And I'll be lecturing there again next spring semester. Uh, yeah, I now have three students that I'm supervising, which is also a new challenge for me and exciting. And, um, and their studies, I hope, are at least if I can steer them in the correct way, which I'm trying to do, 
is or very interesting questions they're asking about sex and it's very interesting to interesting to have a student be like okay so I want to check um, how porn affects men's ideas and about their penis and performance anxiety and you're like okay sure cool so what's porn what definition are you going to use and how are you going to measure it and what questions are you going to ask so I'm really happy that I get to be the one that's like okay let's look at definitions of porn like let's look at how you're going to ask this without causing shame or obviously in a negative manner you know you have to be a really neutral so um, and then I have another person who is looking into shame one student and shame and religiosity or religion and sexual um, like um, I guess sexual identity or sexual behavior we're still still working on the research proposal so it's kind of yet to be determined and then I have one student that's looking into periods and like mental well-being psychological well-being during periods or menstruation Um, and we have yet to finalize how we're going to frame that as well so a lot going on but so I um, I've only done the course once the basic sexology has only been done once and we're doing it the second time this spring But for the first time that we did it, we had the students do like a reflection journal, which is something that um, I did in my studies in Curtin University. We did those, what were they called? Reflective diaries or something. Reflective journals, reflective diaries. Anyway, it's you're supposed to sum up this week's class how you felt about the subject matter. So it's a reflection. And you're not graded. It's just like a pass-fail. So you have to hand each and every one in to pass. And it was really interesting reading how they, like their reflections on the matter and what triggered them and what didn't. And, and it was, um, I think it's such a powerful tool to use. And I think it tells you a lot about the course and where people are at. Because I think we tend to overestimate how free-spirited and open-minded the younger generation are. So we're like, oh yeah, they know all about these different kinds of sexualities and they know about these different kinds of orientations and gender and they're like, la-di-da, let's have sex with anybody and everybody all the time. Woohoo, Tinder, look it up, you know. But in my, my professional view, that's actually not the case. And these conservative winds that actually blew Trump into office, they are blowing all over the place. That's at least my experience of it, okay? So, oh, I'm also doing, I'm doing a penis event. Oh, yeah, because I've noticed that people don't actually talk a lot about penises, especially people with penises, okay? So I'm going to say, I'm going to say guys, because if you're stereotypical heterosexual cisgender penis having man you know he is not talking to his friends about his penis he is not sharing his penis worries and his parents most likely did not talk to him about his penis so I um, threw together this survey it's an Icelandic so I mean if you're listening to this in English you're probably you know not going to be able to answer it unless you are Icelandic and read Icelandic and can answer in Icelandic then it's online but so I did the survey because I really wanted to know because we're often you know we hear data from we're talking about Australian like an Australian study or we're talking about an American study or a UK study you know so I wanted to do an Icelandic study and so far like as of today, I have just over 400 respondents, and um, 
responses from 400 participants and they're very very interesting and I'm asking them about like the functionality of their penis how they feel about their penis how they feel about their scrotum and also some of their penis habits in relation to cleanliness and if they kiss their partner after receiving oral sex if they like to receive oral sex if they have sent a dick pic why they sent a dick pic if they're circumcised and I allow them to share some thoughts about that and allow them to share some thoughts about their penises well and it's super interesting and the findings I will be presenting them at what I call Tehpatal which is basically um, talking about penises or uh, because it both starts with T I can't come with uh, I can't, can't find any similarities in the English language right now but it will come to me I'm thinking I'm like P with a penis no um, D for dick so it would be like dick talk, I guess. That'd be the closest one. Um, a conversation, that's with the C. Cock conversation. Oh my lord, we hit the jackpot. Cock conversation. Cock convo. Ooh, cool, I could use that. Let's have a cock convo. That's cool. I might use it. And so it's a, it's a two-hour event that yours truly is hosting and presenting and I want to talk about the genital photo shoot that I did here in Iceland I want to talk about so I'm, all, I'm, I'm only talking about the penises it's only the penis side and I want to present um, what are common questions in sex ed in relations to the penis and I want to talk about some of the myths and I want to bust some of those myths and so yeah and I want to talk and I want to talk a little bit about my experience of penises and do a little bit of a stand-up surrounding that, but with full respect for the penis. Like, I am not into jokes about big cars and, you know, owners having small penises or hands or feet or all those kinds of weird things. Like, I'm not interested in making fun of people, not at all, okay? So I want to be very respectful and it's all about educating. It's about talking about sperm and having fun with your body and having fun with your penis and like just really, really celebrating your penis. And I hope that Iceland and people surrounding Reykjavik and Enrique in Reykjavik will embrace this opportunity to embrace and celebrate the penis and be like, yeah, let's give it space. Let's give it this two-hour space in November to just educate what is it, what isn't it. And also because, you know, I, I meet all these teenage boys and they have a lot of shame regarding their penis. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of lack of information. And also because a lot of them have very tight foreskin. It's actually quite common. But it's not that common for people to know what it, what constitutes as a tight foreskin and what can you do about it. So you have all these guys who are suffering needlessly all through their teenage years. And even when they're young, you know, just young babies, they might have all these issues and irritations and stuff like that. Because nobody educates about the foreskin and about the penis and proper penis care. And I'm like oh my god and then you know if that isn't bad enough then you think it isn't big enough or it isn't good enough or it should last yeah I asked guys I asked this in the survey I asked guys so how long do you think you should last in bed and it's just like oh my lord and of course I did not 
say how long do you think you should last in bed I asked about intercourse specifically you know uh, I'm smart that way so and I'm careful that way but so I was like okay I need to do this and people are like uh, guys don't want to talk about their penis like nobody's going to show up for your penis event and I'm like okay well then that's that's a result in and of itself but I have to find out I have to do it and be like okay and it's in this really really cool location as well and it's in this really masculine location so that's cool but um, in, in downtown Reykjavik and I was like I have to try it because it's going to nag me and, and like it's going to gnaw into my soul if I if I don't try and I was talking about this in Gothenburg and like Denmark and Norway not the whole of the country but obviously some representatives of that country or citizens of those countries were extremely interested in they're like we need this in our country so my hope is that if this goes well in Iceland yes it will all be in Icelandic because that's how usually I try out my stuff and train and you know I live in Iceland and I'm an Icelander so I have to think of my countrymen first you know um, and also because, you know, there's not that much stuff that's available in Icelandic, if you think about it. Because, I mean, we're a teeny tiny nation. There's only like 330,000 of us here. And not all of us even speak Icelandic who live here. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's about giving back as well. So what, I'm, I'm going to try it here. And then I'm going to um, sneeze it over, which is not a a word that you use for translating something but so I'm going to whip it over into English as well because um, I think it's really important and I think it's this cool fun celebration and I think it can be really intimate and it can be really emotional and it can be raw but also a relief of sorts and um, I've been really dwelling into studies on humor and to me I'm like, of course you need humor for all sex ed. It's, it, causes, it creates a bonding experience. It helps you retain your, like your memory better. It helps you focus. It helps, um, it grabs your attention. And it's also stress release. So it has the, all these amazing qualities, which you guys know. You know how laughter works. You know how humor works. You know how it works for you. And we have, you know, laughter yoga because people are like, laughing is so important. And it's the golden era and age of stand-up. I mean, do you have Netflix? It's like so many stand-up shows are going on at the moment. But I always, as soon as a comedian starts belittling other people, I, I turn the show off. I'm like, no, you, no, you didn't need to go there. You did not need to go there. And it's not about not being able to push the edge or being PC or any of that stuff. It's about do not make fun of other people at their expense. Like if you are part of that group, you can make fun of the group because you're making fun of yourself. But making fun of other groups, especially vulnerable groups, that is not funny. That just makes you an ass. And I won't stand for it because it's not funny. So that's my whole stance when it comes to comedy and humor and no small dick jokes. Mm -mm. You won't be hearing them from me. No big dick jokes. Uh -uh. Won't be hearing them from me. But let's talk about the human experience of penises and, and let's do it in a beautiful, 
um, sincere, genuine manner. That's what I stand for. And I hope people see that. But I mean, I've received a lot of emails from guys being like, I hope you're going to be respectful to the penises. I don't know about this. You're a woman. You're a vulva haver. You're going to be talking about penises. I know you've seen a few, but come on, you know. So I want to be respectful. And that's going to be my main goal is to educate because I want penises to have a better experience of themselves. And I, I don't want this to be this this really heavy issue weighing your, on your heart so it makes you really stressed before all intimacy because you're going to be like is it good enough am I good enough is it okay is it enough so you know the whole trend the, the what's on trend now you are enough I guess you might say that's going to be at the heart of my talk you are enough um, and hopefully people will listen and it will resonate at least that's my hope. So that's what's going on with me. If you follow me on Instagram, um, I'm going to be very annoying in October, sharing a lot of both WAS, World Association of Sexual Health, um, slides and stuff that I'll be seeing whilst there. Maybe some selfies, you know, I'm not do good at doing those, but I'll try. And then a lot of Mexico stuff, because I cannot wait. And I'm thinking of staying in Tulum on the Yucatan, peninsula and i'll be going to oaxaca because everybody recommends it and i'll be meeting an icelandic family there so my kids can play with their kids amazing and then spending a lot of time in mexico city and i'm thinking of driving um up and down the yucatan peninsula and i realized that the, like um yucatan peninsula and then there's you know the state which is not the yucatan states but it's quantaru and something else um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're from Mexico and listening to this. If you're Mexican and you're like, oh my God, cringe. Do your research. I've been trying. I have the Lonely Planet. I've been reading a lot. And I was thinking of Merita or Tulu. I kind of want to do the beach. But I'm really worried that, that I'm going to have really shitty weather. Or that I'm not, never going to be able to go to the beach. Because there, it's always going to be thunderstorms. Like, I don't know. But I'm so excited. And my kids are so excited. They have been collecting bottles and cans for recycling for months now and they will be um th they, yeah they have saved their money i'm thinking i borrowed my mom's car i'm thinking should i return it and run in the rain yeah i'll do that and then go to my house because i'm only five houses away from my mom and dad but i borrowed ah now it's closed and then i can't lock the door no i'll just take it home and i'll I'll give it back in the morning. Um, my car is making funny noises and because I'm spending all my money on Mexico, I can't be bothered with having it fixed at the moment. So yeah, that's what I'll do. So anyway, um, what was I saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they uh, here you can get 16 kronor, 16 kronas for um, recycling uh, one can or one bottle. And my kids um, have been doing this for months on end. And so they have managed to save up, and I have three kids, they have managed to save up around $200, I think, per kid. So, you know, that's like two, four, six hundred $600 that they've managed to save up, yep, approximately, um, for the trip, which is their spending money. And they get to do with it what they want. Isn't that not, that's, I can't fit the car in there. So they get to spend it how they want, when they want. You know, they can buy toys, they can buy clothes, they can buy candy, they can buy ice cream, 
whatever. It's their money to spend. So we, we don't buy them clothes because, frankly, they don't need any clothes. Um, but if they see something that they fancy, um, they have to budget for it. And this is something that I really want to teach my kids. I want, to, want them to be financially responsible and to understand money and realize that it is actually their responsibility. They need to be able to budget. And they are eight, six, and two. Mm -hmm. You heard that correctly. So, you know, we'll have their money, you know, us, the parents. But And we've done this. We went to London this spring and it worked beautifully. It was like, okay, I want to buy that, you know, toy. And I was like, sure, it's this much. And then you have this much left. And they're like, wow, that's a really expensive toy. And I'm like, I know. And they're like, nah, it's not worth it. I don't want to buy it. So I think it's really important. And I'm looking forward to doing that with them in Mexico as well. So if you're at the WAS conference, hit a girl up. If you have some travel tips for Mexico, I'd love to receive them. And yes, I am traveling with my family. We are traveling party of five and or actually party of six while we're in Mexico City. And then we're tra traveling party of five. So yeah, lots of interesting good stuff and goodies ahead. This concludes this week's episode of Sex in Iceland. You can find us wherever you want to listen to your podcast and on social media. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and on S-I-G-G-A-D-O-G-G dot com. That's sickaduck.com. See you guys later.